This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. And so it's a joy for me to introduce to you a representative from Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope has been a partner with us for many, many, many years. Convoy of Hope actually began the food distribution with us here at CLC last March where we got one semi-truck of goods and, and produce and we began to minister to our community here which led to a partnership with a couple other organizations within our community and now for 24 weeks throughout 2020, we are distributing one to three three semi-trucks full of food every single week. But it started, it was the primer with Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is a great ministry that's ministering around the world. They do so much, and you're going to hear about that. And they are doing a significant work in the nation of Haiti. And they're going to be our partner this year as we begin to look at how we can make a difference there. So I've invited... Pastor Ed Garvin, who is now a representative with Convoy of Hope, he's going to come and present our project to us today. Will you put your hands together as we welcome him? God bless you, Ed. So good to have you. Welcome to Christian Life Center. Thank you, friend. It is is indeed a joy to be with you this morning, to be with Pastor Tom and Candy. Let me tell you, you guys have uh, incredible pastors that serve you. And that that you would let me come and and stand on your platform and spend this time with your people is is really great. And let me just say, it is great to be in a house where people engage in genuine worship. Yeah. Now I will tell you, I, I don't know where I don't know where Toby went, but Toby, you hit a couple notes that I tried to hit, and I'm like I'm in pain right now, um, and so that whoa, I don't even know how you do it. I'm not even going to try. Um, but that's I don't know if anybody else tried that, um, but uh, but man, what an what a powerful expression of worship. In fact, let me say this: if you if you're watching. Uh, online and uh, in pre-COVID you were uh, you were in the house I get it I I understand the anxiety I I understand all of that but can I tell you we serve a miracle working God and and uh, and my wife and I we've had we've had a number of times where we've we've had to watch from home but there's there's nothing that matches being together with God's people and, and being in that being that place where the anointing is flowing. And so I just want you to know this. God's got you. He'll keep you. And, uh, and man, Christian Life Center is a safe place. So I just want to encourage you, come back home. Come back home. Let me say one more thing before, before we get into the message and the mission. Sir, I want to I talk to you for a moment because I want to tell you that the last time I was at CLC was 15 years ago and I sat right where you sat. And, and as I was sitting there, God began to powerfully speak to me about some specific direction that he wanted me to, to, to take in ministry. And I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait 
for that opportunity, that, that moment when they said, hey, if, 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 you, if, you have a, if you have a desire, I want you to come to an altar. And I got it from where you're sitting and I came, came right over here. And I'm telling you, God met me in a powerful way. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's going on in your world. But I can tell you this. Whether you woke up this morning on top of the mountain or you woke up this morning and the mountain was on top of you, uh, you serve an incredibly big God. And I can tell you the God that met me in that spot in 2006 is here today. And the God that spoke to me powerfully at this altar, friend, the God that spoke to me powerfully at this altar 15 years ago, he's still in the house this morning. He's still speaking, he's still moving, he's still doing miracles. But I'm, so I'm telling you, if you need a miracle this morning, you're in the right place. And I wanna challenge you to have the faith to believe. Because friend, destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. I wanna say that again, because if you get nothing else out of what I say this morning, I want that to sink deep into the recesses of your heart. I want it to get down into your spirit. I want it to get down to the marrow of your soul. That destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. That the choices that we make determine our destiny. See, destiny is not something to be hoped for, it's something to be attained. Now, I believe this. I believe you should be very careful about who you allow to speak into your life. And, and I know this. I know that I come and, and, uh, and your pastor is going to be protective of this platform. Let me tell you a little bit about my story. Let me tell you a, bit, a little bit about my journey and, and what, what gets me to this place today. I was, I was born in Illinois, grew up in Florida. I really, I, I, when people ask me where I'm from, I, I tell them I'm from Florida because it, it just it's, it's home for me. I'm the 12th of 13 children, and, uh, and I was born into a family, um, I wouldn't say we were wealthy, but we were financially comfortable. And w- when I was seven years old, so I'm, I'm, I'm 55 years old, so in 1973, in March of 1973, my family moved from Illinois to, to Florida, to the other side of the state, to Fort Myers, Florida. My, my dad... Uh, sold all of the businesses that he had in Illinois to start this land venture in Florida. That, that honestly, it had all the promise to really position his family well. We moved to Florida in March of 1973. My father died September 29th of 1973. And, and when he died, within six weeks, we had lost everything. And so we went from being financially comfortable to being literally penniless. Eight kids still living at home. My mom was a, ho- was a homemaker. She went, to, she went to work wrapping meat at YouSafe Supermarket. Just barely enough to try to bring food into the house. My dad died the 29th of September. My mother had her first date with another man on Halloween. He moved into our house Thanksgiving weekend. And before Christmas, he was violently beating me on a daily basis. He hospitalized me four times, tried to kill me three times. And by the time I was going from elementary school into middle school, I was a a pretty bitter, messed up guy. I was, my, I was mad at my dad for not taking better care of himself. 
I was mad at my mom for allowing this man to come into, uh, come into our home that would just bring such violence into our world. And I didn't, I didn't know much about God because I didn't grow up in a church family. But I knew enough about him to believe that it should have been different. And so I'm, I'm angry with God. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I experiment with drugs a little bit, not a whole lot. My brothers were, 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 they, were they were, they were big time um, uh, uh, marijuana dealers over on the, on the Gulf Coast. And so I got into marijuana a little bit, uh, but really got into alcohol. And, uh, and I was just, I was drunk all the time. First day of school, my junior year in high school, I'm riding my bike home from football practice. We practiced late to practice under the lights. And so I'm riding home, the starts to rain. Riding down a what would be a busy residential street. And there was a, a drunk driver that was in a hurry. He tried to pass another car, didn't realize that I was in the other lane. Saw me, but when he saw me, it was too late, panicked. His car went out of control. And I can tell you this, that I did, in that moment, I, I cried out to a God I didn't know, and I said, God, please let me land in grass. And I did. I hit a no parking sign first, um, but I landed in grass. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm in a hospital bed, broken leg, internal injuries. And in that moment, this God that I didn't know spoke to me and he said, Ed, it could have been more than your leg. It could have been your life where we just spend eternity. And I said this, I said, God, I tell you what, I'll give you 90 days. I'll pray, read my Bible, go to church. You know, all those things that you think a Christian's supposed to do, right? God, I'll give you 90 days, but you got to prove yourself real. Because if you, if you can't prove yourself real, I don't want anything to do with you. And in those 90 days, God proved himself very real, very real. So I said, God, my life, it, it belongs to you. Because I became a Christ follower, I got kicked out of our home. So as a teenager, I was, I was homeless for a while. But here's what I want you to know. I want you to know this. If you're here today and those cupboards at home are bare, destiny's not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. If you're in the house or you're watching online this morning and you carry the scars of years of abuse, destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. If you can recount the horrors that you've experienced. Destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. And what, what I care most about is not the story of yesterday. Here's what I, here's what I care and here what I, here's what I know. 
I have a wife that I've been married to for 35 years that is crazy about me. I've got two incredible children and God's let me travel around the world sharing the reality of his love because friends, destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. The choices that you make determine your destiny. I, for 32 years, I served as a pastor and uh, a year ago this week, I was asked if I would step away from the local pastorate and step into this assignment and I was willing to do so. Because I knew that God wanted me to be here at Christian Life Center talking to you and to share with you this truth that destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. That the choices that you make determine your destiny. But it doesn't just determine your destiny, it determines and it impacts the destiny of so many people around you. Because see, you're called to let your light shine. The Word of God says this, that we're supposed to live our lives in such a way, right? Live your life in such a way that they see your good works and they say there has to be a God. Destiny. And I'm here this morning to talk to you about that issue of destiny. I want you to do this. I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, it's, 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 one of those, it's one of those stories in Scripture that I love. And you'll see there, it starts in the first verse. It says, says this, that one day Jesus is walking alongside the, the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret, and he is teaching. And there's a large crowd. And, and as he's teaching the large crowd, he's, he's there by the seashore. And Jesus sees these boats that were left there by the fishermen who are nearby washing their nets. He steps into the boat of Simon and he asks him to push the boat out just a little bit from the shore. And Jesus continues to teach. Afterwards, he says to Simon, he says, I, I want you to, I want you to take the, take the boat out into the deep. I want you to take the boat out into the deep. Friend, that's, that's what God has brought me here today to challenge you to do, to, to take the boat out in the deep. Why? Because destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. The choices that you make determine your destiny. You're being challenged as a, as a, as a, as a, as a person, you're being challenged as a family, you're being a challenged as a church to say yes to kingdom builders. And, and for, for all of us, this idea of, of, of taking what we have and giving it away, it's, it's stepping out into the deep. Especially in the time we live in, especially in the world that we live in, especially with, with all the uncertainty. And yet, destiny, destiny calls us to do so. Let me tell you a little bit about, about Convoy of Hope, and, and let me talk to you specifically about the ministry that, that your pastor is asking you to partner with, the, the specific kingdom assignment. So Convoy of Hope has been around for 
little over 25 years. And, and can, I, can I say thank you to Christian Life Center? Because Christian Life Center has been a partner of Convoy of Hope for 20 years. In fact, this year is the 20th anniversary of a partnership with Christian Life Center. And, and this church has been generous to Convoy of Hope through the years. And I, I just want to say on behalf of everyone who, who serves at Convoy and for the millions of people that Convoy of Hope serves, I want to say thank you. When I, when I was asked to join Convoy of Hope about a year ago, Convoy of Hope was feeding 320,000 children every day. And then COVID hit. And we, we know this, that, that with COVID, everything had to pull back, right? In 2020, I, I, have, to, I have to report to you that we were, we were not able to feed 320,000 children every day. We weren't able to feed 320,000 children every day because, quite honestly, because the need, was, the need was much greater. And so in 2020, in the midst of COVID, we went from, from feeding 320,000 children every day to feeding over 380,000 children every day. That, that was while responding to 62 disasters worldwide, 26 of those disasters in the U.S. Maintaining our, our women's empowerment program and our agricultural initiative where we are training farmers around the world to where they can respond to the tremendous, the tremendous needs. We talked to you specifically about Haiti. Haiti, in 2010, when the earthquake hit Haiti, the timing of that was fascinating and, and, and God being in the, in, in the middle of it was fascinating as well because as the, just before, in, in the days before the earthquake uh, hitting Haiti, Convoy of Hope had just, for some unknown, unknown reason, had just completely filled its warehouse in Haiti. God was, God was positioning this ministry to respond to a need that we didn't even fully understand in the moment. And since 2010, Convoy of Hope has fed and we are currently feeding over 100,000 children in Haiti alone each school day. And we're able to do it because of churches like Christian Life Center that say, that say yes. But if we're gonna, if we're gonna make an impact, it's gonna, it's gonna require much more than food. And, and this is what we understand. It's, it's the reason why we have a team in Haiti training farmers in proper farming techniques. In fact, when we first went into Haiti, we pretty much had to bring in all of our food. But I, I, I want to tell you that the agricultural initiatives in Haiti, they've gone a long way. And we're, we're grateful for all that God's allowed us to do. But we've, we've discovered another significant need. See, of the... The 100,000 children that we feed every day, about 60,000 of those are girls. It's not easy. It's not easy to be a girl in Haiti. Some of the areas where we're, we're ministering, some of the areas of great need. Let's, let's talk to, just, just for, for, for a moment, let's talk about uh, City Soleil. 
Cecil Lay is one of the most difficult housing areas in the world. Some would say it is the most difficult on the planet. It's definitely the most challenging in the Western Hemisphere. They don't know how many people live in City Soleil. They say it's 300,000 to 500,000 people. 60% of the people that, that, that are in City Soleil are less than 25 years of age. Lots of children. If you're a little girl in City Soleil, there is almost a 70% chance that before you reach the age of 18, that you will be sexually assaulted. One out of every two girls in City Soleil, before they're 18, they are, they are sold for sex, usually by a relative. And so we recognize it's not just enough to give them food. Here's what we have to do. We, we have to give them the tools necessary to understand that, that God has a future for them and God has a hope for them. See, the writer to Hebrews said this. He said, we have this hope. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. What is he referring to there? What is the writer of Hebrews referring to? He's referring to God's vows and his promises. We sang earlier, your promise still stands. In, in that Bible that you're looking at, there are over 7,000 promises and God keeps each and every one of them. And he doesn't just keep them in Fort Lauderdale, he also keeps them in Port-au-Prince. And what God... What God is doing is he's raising up a generation in Haiti that are gonna make a difference. And here's, here's what we believe. We believe a Convoy of Hope that, that a specific area that we've got to invest in are these young girls. So we already have the feeding program. What we, what we have launched but has to be greatly expanded is our girls empowerment program. It's an after-school program that these girls can invest in, that it teaches them, it teaches them uh, um, under, understanding of who they are in Christ. It helps them to understand issues of, from basic personal hygiene to how to navigate the issues and the challenges that they're facing in the day. It gives them, it gives them, it gives them skill sets and it positions them to be able to go into, into high school, into post high school. We believe this, we believe that it is, that it's a key in seeing this country turn. This country that if you were, if you're walking down the, the streets of most of the cities in Haiti today that they're They're marching and they're rioting even today. And we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to make a difference. But what it's going to require, friend, is it's going to require us to go out into the deep water. 
I, I want to I put you in Simon's shoes for a few moments. So I want you to imagine that we're not here at church at Christian Life Center. I want, I want you to imagine that we're, that we're on the side of this lake, okay? The Sea of Galilee, it's actually a lake. It's, it's, about, it's about seven miles wide. It's about 13 miles long. I want you to imagine that we're on the, we're on the, we're on the, we're on the north shore of this lake. It's a... It's a nice spring day. You can kind of hear the birds chirping off in the distance. And I want you to, I want you to see this man, Simon. He's there, he's standing beside the, the seashore, and he's, he's washing his nets. It's a beautiful day, but he's not noticing it because he's frustrated. He's a, he's a fisherman by trade. And, 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 and he needs to catch fish every day. That's just the way that it works. And his, his last time out, he caught nothing, zero. So he's tired because he was out all night long. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to just take care of cleaning his nets to where he can go home and rest up for a few hours knowing that it won't be long that he has to get back out in that boat and go out and catch, try to catch fish again. He has no margin. He's fatigued. And, and how many of you know this? That when we're fatigued, we, we, we typically don't have a whole lot of courage. In fact, the, the, the famous football coach, Vince Lombardi, said this. He said that fatigue makes cowards. And so in the midst of that, he sees this guy get into his boat. Any boat owners here? Imagine, imagine if you're not a boat owner, imagine it's somebody getting into your work truck, right? Somebody invading your space. Here's, here's what I've discovered. I've discovered this, that so many times when God taps me on the shoulder and he says, Ed, I need you to lean into this, that so many times it's, it's not convenient. It just isn't. Can I offer you that, that, that a year ago today, when God tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, Ed, I need you to lean into this thing called Convoy of Hope, it wasn't convenient. I was pastoring a church in Orlando. My children were on staff with me. The church was going well. And, and it, it, we just got to the point where we had a great staff, a great team. Everything was, honestly, it was easy. And God said this, Ed, I, I want you to leave your church, I want you to leave your children, and I want you to move to Missouri. By the way, I'm, I'm hoping that I can get home tonight because of the winter storm that's making its way through the Midwest. You, you want to talk about being called by God, Think about moving from Florida to Missouri. In fact, some of you, that just kind of brought chills, didn't it? Like you're like, no, God, I'll do anything. Please, not that. It, it, and it just, it, it wasn't convenient. And we were planning, we were planning a, a wedding. 
My son's actually getting married next week in Orlando. Yeah. It, it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't convenient. And so often when God steps into our boat, it's not convenient. And, and it also, it, it oftentimes will come at a cost. Simon, would you stop what you're doing? And would you engage in, 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 in where I'm at in the moment, Jesus says to him. And some of you, that's the, I mean, that's the message that God really wants to, to hammer to you this morning. I, I, want, I know that you're busy. I know that you got a lot going on. I know that work is crazy, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to shift focus for just a few moments. I need you to shift away from your net and I need you to lean into what I'm doing. Simon, would you, would you take the boat out into the water? Now, in the natural... I don't want you to miss this about this story. In the natural, it could be easy to assume that because the crowd was pressing in on Jesus, that Jesus needed to have this boat to where he could get out a little bit to where he could speak to the crowd. And that would be, that would be our thought if we didn't know this about Jesus. He has the ability to walk on water. So oftentimes when we think that we're doing something for Jesus, it wasn't because Jesus had the need that he asked Simon to put the boat out into the water. It's because Simon had the need. And see, God knew, Simon, you need, you need to experience this moment. And even as you think about engaging in kingdom builders, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Are you ready? You might want to write this down. God does not need your money. And by the way, neither does Christian Life Center, neither does, does, does Pastor Tom and Candy. Because let me tell you something, God's going to take care of his servant and God's going to take care of his church. And so this isn't presented to you because it's a need. It's presented to you because God says this, listen, I've positioned you to step into this moment and your destiny, it's not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. And the choices that you make determine your destiny. Simon could have said in that moment, uh, listen, Jesus, you can stand in my boat, that's fine, but I don't have time to push it out from shore. I'm too busy doing this, I've gotta take care of this. So God, here's the deal. I'm happy being in church, God. I'm, I'm happy hearing a good message. But God, you're asking me to engage. You're asking me to invest in something that I really, I'm not at a place where I can invest in it right now. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next month, maybe next year, maybe after I get through this season. And God says, listen, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Listen, I found this in my life, in 32 years of pastoral ministry, it seemed almost all always when God had something significant in store for me it came in those times when it wasn't convenient and it always my perception was that it was going to cost me something again let's let's think about the mindset of Simon what is he he's a fisherman He's got to take care of his nets. He's, he's got to rest because he's got to try to go out and maybe, maybe catch some fish. Now, we're very fortunate because we, we know the end of the story. But Simon, in the midst of this, it's not convenient. 
he's, he's, he's got he's to pay a price to be in that boat with Jesus. And it's a price, quite honestly, that he does not have margin to pay. And so often when we, when we step into what God has for us, it actually, it, it can be completely contrary to everything that goes into logic. I'm gonna give you an example. The Bible says this, that if you wanna be rich, you need to be poor. That doesn't make sense. My pastor tells me that if I give the first 10% of the first 10% of, of, the, of the funds that I receive to the kingdom, I'm gonna have more. If I give away, I'm gonna have more. It doesn't make sense. And what, what Jesus asks Peter to do in that moment, it doesn't make sense, right? After he gets done speaking, he says, he says this. Peter, I want you, I want you to, to, to go out in the deep and put down your nets. Here's where they're at. Simon and Jesus, they're out a little bit from shore. Jesus has finished his teaching. He says, Simon, I want you to go out into the deep. Simon's got to get the nets. Right? Okay. Listen to what he says. There in Luke chapter 5. Master. Master, we have fished all night. Some translations put it this way. Master, we have toiled all night. So they make their way out. Right? And here's what he's done all night. He's thrown out the net. Pulled in the net thrown out the net, pulled in the net, thrown out the net, pulled in the net. Nothing, a lesson in futility. So his body is tired. He also knows this. There's a reason why at this time of day, he's at the shore, mending the net and cleaning that and not out in the deep because he's grown up on this water and he knows when the fish are there and when the fish aren't there. Master, we have toiled all night and we've caught nothing. But notice this, don't miss this, don't miss this. But nevertheless, at your word. But nevertheless, at your word. But nevertheless, at your word. And listen, God is speaking to you through the written word and God is speaking to you through the prophetic word this morning. And he's talking to you specifically about engaging, engaging in his kingdom work, engaging in kingdom builders. And it's not convenient. It comes at a cost. And if you start trying to run logic through what God tells you to do, it's not going to make sense. I can't tell you how many times, how many times I've, I've looked at a missions pledge form, Pastor, and I've said, okay, I, I know what we can do. But God says, Ed, here's what I've called you to do. Okay, confession is good for the soul. 90% of the time in that moment, I'm not hearing from God. My wife Jody is hearing from God, right? And so I'll say, I think we should do this. And she'll say, no. And I think we should. 
right? And she knows, she knows the number that God's already spoken to me about, but I'm afraid to say, I'm probably, I know I'm the only man in the room that ever has that experience. I'm glad there was, I'm glad there was one man and definitely a number of women that had the, the, the courage to say amen to that. Master, I've, I've toiled all night and I've caught nothing. Lord, I, I look, I look at my checkbook and I look at my bills. God, I, I, I look at everything that I've got going on and, and this idea of kingdom builders, it, it doesn't make sense to me. But nevertheless, at your word, but nevertheless at your word, but nevertheless at your word. And he puts down the nets. And what God does for him in that moment, it's so overwhelming, it actually frightens him, right? He's so overwhelmed by it. He's like, Jesus, look, you're obviously God and you obviously know that I've got issues and so you need to get away from me because I'm a sinful man. And here's the part that, that I, I love this. I love this. I love it. That there were so many fish that Simon had to call his friends. Do you understand the testimony that God wants you to have? Do you understand the story that he's wanting to write in you? Do you understand what he's wanting you to be able to communicate to your family, to your coworkers, to your neighbors? The, the the glory that he wants to bring into your moment, the, the opportunity to see God show up in a big way, to see him do exceedingly abundantly above you all that you can ask or even imagine. Because let me tell you something about those 7,000 promises. God keeps each and every one of them. He keeps Proverbs 11 that says this, he who refreshes others, they who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. See, I learned a long time ago that I cannot outgive God. When I'm obedient to him, when he says to, to, to press out into the deep, I can't outgive God. In fact, if you go one chapter over to Luke chapter six, here's what it says. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Oh, I love this. I love this from Luke chapter six, about the 38th verse. It says, give and it shall be given unto you a good measure. Now, when I was a kid, a thousand years ago, when I was a kid, they had... They had at Publix, some of you may remember this, some of you might not remember this, but they had a deal where you could go in and they had this, this one pound bag, right? And for a set price, you could fill this bag with pick-a-mix candy, uh, Brock's candy, Brock's pick-a-mix candy. And as a kid, that was my love language. It's still to a certain degree, it's still my love language. I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you could buy something, you could buy a bag full of it, right? And here's what you're gonna do, okay? You're gonna fill that thing up to the top, right? Given it shall be given unto you a good measure. Shaken, right? Why would you shake the bag? Right, because you're gonna get out all those air pockets, right? I mean, I want everything. I wanna get, get candy in the every, every crevice. Okay, press down, right? I mean, you're, you're just mashing down in that bag of candy because I'm telling you, I'm getting that bad boy full of candy. 
And then running over. See, that's what it says in Luke chapter 6. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure, right, shaken, pressed down, shaken, running over. That's, that's God's promise to you. In the time that I've spoken this morning, in the time that I've spoken this morning, 10 busloads of children have died of starvation. 16,000 children will die of starvation today around the world. 15,998 of them will have never heard the name of Jesus. And we have the opportunity to respond. I can say that's the reason why at Convoy of Hope, we're not, we're not, we're not happy with feeding 382,000 children. In fact, by 2025, we'll be at over half a million children, and we believe that by 2030, we'll be feeding a million children every day. And we're, and we're, not, we're not happy with just feeding them. We believe this, we believe that we need to empower them, that we, need, we, we, we don't just need to give them proper nutrition. We have an aggressive program of deworming them. Of making sure that we're feeding them in schools, that we're getting them into the schools to where they can be educated. And especially as it relates to the girls, we, we have to, we have to see this girls empowerment program. We have to see it really ramped up. 65,000 girls that are currently in our feeding program in Haiti. But what could we do? What could we do if we said, listen, we're gonna make a little bit bigger investment. We're gonna get you into clubs. We're gonna connect you with mentors. We're gonna develop accountability processes. We're gonna give you the tools and the resources that you need to push back against the violence that you're, that, that, that you're living in. We're gonna give you a sense of worth and we're gonna help you to understand your destiny. Christian Life Center, you could change the story of thousands of young girls if you're simply willing to push out into the deep just a little bit. It's never gonna be the right time. I get it, you're busy mending your net. It's gonna come at a cost. Every investment does. If you try to figure it out in your head, it's not gonna make sense. Master, we fished all night and caught nothing. We've toiled all night with no fruit.
But here's a closing thought that I want to give you. Is this. And this is what I beg you. I beg you this. Don't give because of the need. I'm I'm telling you, please, don't give because of the need. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to be obedient to the voice of God. To be obedient to the voice of God. And if God says, I want you, I want you to lean into this. I want you to be a part of this. Because here's what I know, I know this, that the need is the call. And every one of us that are here this morning, everyone that's watching online, we can sponsor one girl at $25. Some of us, we can sponsor a child for every child there is in our family. And there are a few of us here that can make a significant kingdom investment that could change the trajectory of a city, a region, even a nation. If we're willing to be obedient to the voice of God as he says this, hey, I've got into your boat today. I want you to push out into the deep. God, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to spend time with this incredible church family. God, their legacy is literally amazing. The sun never sets on the ministries of Christian Life Center because of the missionaries and ministries that they're connected with that are sharing the good news around the world. And God, history will tell the story of the thousands and even millions of lives that this church and its history has touched. And God, who you're calling them to touch. God, you have, in your sovereign wisdom, you have directed Pastor Tom and the leadership to connect with Convoy of Hope for for this season, for this moment. To respond to the need of 65,000 girls in Haiti. Knowing that $25 per girl can make an absolute difference in their life journey. I pray, God, that faith would rise up in your house. I pray, God, that courage would rise up in your people. And I pray, God, that we would be willing to make the decision to step away from mending our nets and step into what what you have for us. Let us hear your voice today, knowing that destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. And the choice that we make today, and the choice that we make in the coming days, that it will determine destiny. We thank you and we praise you for it in the matchless and the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.